Good afternoon, Endicott. My name is Shannon. And I'm Megan, and you're watching Flick Chicks on EC Radio at Endicott College. On this cloudy Friday, we'll be wrapping up our very first season with a look at our most beloved holiday movies. But first, we'll take a final dive into this week's popular culture, including Golden Globe nominations and new movie news. And at the end of the episode, Shannon will give her review of Love Actually. So, let's start with the pop culture. Take it away, Megan. Alright, so it was it was a bit of a dry week, I'm not going to lie, but there are some big things. Let's start with the biggest movie TV news we have, the Golden Globe nominations. Indeed. I'm so hype. After I looked them up, I was like on a high. I was really excited. I don't know. Adrenaline rush. Not about... Not about the, the nominations themselves, but about Golden Globe season. Yeah, I respect There's that. nothing like sitting down in your living room, watching all of the, the celebrities go by on that red carpet. Oh, so Makes good. me feel good. Timothy Chalamet is wearing a harness or something. Yeah, You're sparkly like, harness. Dad makes a weird comment. Nothing like it. <laughs> There's uncomfortable tension in the room. So, let, let's just go over the basics. The Golden Globes, there's been some drama around them recently, and it's continuing to be dramatic. It's a bit of a boys' club. Only one of the five Best Picture, best Motion Picture nominations had a notable female character in it, which was Marriage Story. The rest of them were all about men. Um, and all five of the Best Director nominations were men. From Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Um, and the Irishman actually seems to be a top contender this year, which I, I, I can't say I'm too, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how you gonna? Gold I mean, I, how you gonna? I started watching the Irishman, but how can, it was like three and a half hours long. Yeah. Me and my dad cannot make it. I fell asleep after an hour. My dad fell asleep after two. It's just, it's rough. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's discriminatory, but it's also a little confusing. Yeah, <laughs> um, straight up. So so some more uh, <clears throat> news things that people have been talking about. Um, a lot of people are really confused about the amount of nominations that Joker got. I have <laughs> not seen that. I haven't seen it either, so I can't really contribute to that discussion. But I think that's kind of funny. Wait, people are surprised because like, they don't agree. Yeah, they're just kind of like, why? <laughs> I respect. That. But I don't know. I I I can't really. S- speak on that one but you know go Joaquin Phoenix go Joaquin go Joaquin um Cats didn't get the nominations people expected on the other hand I saw that coming (laughs) it's Cats but they did get nominated for for song they did yeah for for their original song well I will still be going to see it in theaters I will too and I'm gonna hate every minute of it absolutely I'm gonna have to bring a lot of food to like distract yeah absolutely um, the comedy category for TV, it, it's looking, actually, for movies, looking fire. Yeah. Very fire. The, see, the drama's a boys club, but comedy's looking pretty good. Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart, Aquafina mm. for The Farewell, and Ana de Armas for Knives Out. Yeah, our girl. She better win. I hope so. Um, and the TV categories, those are pretty much what we expected. Um, there was a couple newcomers, like The Morning Show and The Politician, but otherwise it was... The same group of people as the last few years. Um, I'm not too mad about it, though. We got Barry, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Fleabag. I mean, h- how can I be mad? It's a great... The whole oh, Trinity. Russian Doll, too. These... The, the best TV shows. Yeah. This truly. Is a really good year in TV. Really good. Um, I also... I have a hunch Olivia Coleman is gonna... 
is gonna get rewarded for her portrayal in the crown because mm. um people are seeming to love that and also killing eve seems like a favorite always mm. always so, it was last year too i think yeah so we'll see um lastly kit harrington was inexplicably nominated for the last season of game of thrones everyone is not opposed but just a little confused yeah i mean <laughs> I, I think game of thrones has enough Role, yeah, I don't think point. they really needed I think we need to do that. that. I feel like they were kind of like, all right, Golden Globe nominations, who are we nominating? And they were like, oh, you know, Game of Thrones. We forgot Game of Thrones. I guess we'll just throw Kit Just in there. Th- throw Kit and see, <laughs> see what happens. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Maybe we'll give him one. But yeah, overall, uh, I'm pretty excited. Even though there's some drama, I'm still excited. Hopefully it, it, it comes through. Out. Yeah. I agree. We'll see. Uh... In more sad news, uh, this is a bit old news, but, you know, this past Sunday, famous rapper Juice World died after suffering a seizure. The 21-year-old was highly influential for a lot of people, and the news has struck fans very hard. His death is just one of many of rapper deaths in the last few years, including Mac Miller and XXX. What do you think? Um, I think it's sad, and I think... But I think a lot of people are using it for clout, which you hate to see. Like, people I know for a fact didn't listen to his music are, like, posting about how he's, like, he'll never be forgotten. It's like, you didn't listen. You didn't listen to him, yeah. It's almost, like, disrespectful in a way, because it's like, who are you to say, you know? Yeah. It's really sad. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's depressing. And it's, it's weird how recently so many rappers have been dying i mean it's nothing new though it's like biggie and tupac like it's that's always true been, like rappers and risky behavior he's so young it's so, so sad young. and happier news <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got some movie announcements Ooh. and let me tell you i i'm excited i'm excited so the first one we got is in the heights so lin-manuel miranda's 2005 musical in the heights is being adapted into a movie musical the trailer was just dropped on Thursday, starring Anthony Ramos King. and directed by John M. Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians. The story is about a bodega owner named Usnavi, who lives in Washington Heights, and him and all the other Hispanic American people in the neighborhood, and their stories, their issues, all that stuff. It's a fantastic musical. One of my favorites, absolutely. And this movie looks so good. It looks so fun. I feel like a lot of the times movie musicals lose a bit of the quality because yeah. of the content. But, like, this movie looks so beautiful. The cinematography looks great, and the musical numbers look like movie, fun. like like fun. musical numbers, you yeah. know? Like, in the, on a stage. I can't looks wait. So I, like, really trust Anthony to carry this. Me too. I love it. And not only that, like, it's staying true to the story, but it also looks like it has some modern twists. They talk about, um, well, they they reference a little the dreamers dreamers and stuff like that, which is bringing it more into 2019, or should I say 2020. Mm -hmm. So that's so exciting. I don't know. It's just going to be, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun summer flick. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're definitely going to be bopping on down to to showcase cinema. I'm going to pick up my movie subscription again. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Um, also coming out in June of 2020, which is when In the Heights is coming out, Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you listen to this show, we're always a little hesitant about superhero movies. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I was pretty excited. So, this trailer dropped this week. Gal Gadot returning to her role as Diana Prince in 1984. Um, the whole thing is kind of season three of Stranger Things. You know, there's a <laughs> shot of 
you know, the mall and oh. and all that, like, 80s junk. Yeah. But I kind of like it. I don't know. I love that 80s aesthetic, and it seems like there's a, a, a nice mix of, like, 80s neon tech and, and then, like, the fantasy magic of the Wonder Woman world. So I think that's pretty cool. Okay. I liked it. It was nice. Uh, Chris Pine will be reprising his role as Steve. They... Not a spoiler. That was in the trailer fully. He's I, back. I have some some questions. I I feel like that. it gives me kind of a Captain America Winter Soldier oh, feel true. where you know he was like somehow frozen in time and then comes back. I wish they wouldn't have revealed it then. Yeah, me either. But I think everyone knew that like it when it was released. Like Chris Pine is in the Sun cast, on, so yeah. it was like. Bummer. Yeah. Kristen Wiig is a new addition to the universe, which... Queen. She... I'm excited. Um, and yeah, it looks good. I mean, she's got a new suit, less revealing. I yeah, love I to see that. it. You love to see it. Yeah, you love to see it. Nothing wrong with Gal Gadot. I think she's fabulous. Yeah. Can't, I can't wait to see her performance. I thoroughly enjoyed the last movie, so... Yeah, I did too. The romance. Oh, Ugh. so good. And lastly, some very exciting movie news for me. Just yesterday, it was announced that there will be a Shazam sequel in 2022. Woo-hoo! The 2019 superhero film starring Zachary Levi was one of my favorites of the year. I I am not ashamed to say that. Shazam was one of my favorite movies of the whole year. I'm so hype. I'm just wondering how it's going to look, because it's coming out in 2022. Yeah. And, you know, those kids, they're not young. <laughs> They're Asher getting older. Asher Angel ain't gonna be 13 anymore. Asher Angel's getting older. He's yeah. probably, what, like, almost 16, 16 He'll now? He'll probably be around 20. And then the what's, the, what's the other boy? Jack, I don't know his Jack name. Jack Dylan Glazer? Yeah, 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 the one that's in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're getting older. Yeah, they're getting old. But you know what? I'm here for but it But I anyway. love to see. I feel like that's, they're doing the same thing Stranger Things is doing, where they're gonna do, like, a grown-up version. I <gasps> love to see yeah, it. Yeah, we do love to, see, love to see it. it. We love to see it. You know, I bet you thought we'd, uh do our pop culture update, and you'd, you'd escape Harry Styles' news, but, um, <laughs> you thought wrong. <laughs> Mr. Styles' album, Fine Line, was released this morning, midnight, whenever you want to call it. It was released today, guys, and it was so good. It was, I, I had not listened to it till just now, like, this morning, and I... I, when I tell you I laid in bed for a straight hour and listened to the whole thing without moving, I, I did. Well, what's your, what's your favorite tune? Um, I'm gonna, okay, my three favorites currently is our Cherry, Lights mm. Up is still a fave of mine, mm-hmm. and then, let me look up the other one, because I forget what it's called. Um, oh my god. There's... To Be So Lonely. Oh, To Be I So Lonely I like that one a really lot. really good. See, all of the songs are so good. They're, They're so, so good. distinct, and like... They give me a very nice, like, kind of Beatles vibe, because yeah. they're so, like, weird, and there's a lot of, like, weird guitar stuff. Synth. synth. See, I, the album as a whole is just very nice and, like, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. I feel like it's just all one, like... Ah. Like, this is a bold claim, but Harry Styles cares more about the female population than any boy has ever. Than any boy. He just, he really cares about us. He's making music for us. And to be so lonely, he like, I'm not sure if it's that one or falling. One of them he roasts himself and he's like, I'm such a bad boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, we love to see it. Go off, Harry. Go off. Oh, and I love the one, there's like a little French accent (gasps) at the end. Yeah, Cherry. That's at the end of Cherry. Quirky. Oh my God. I just can't tell which song represents my emotional trauma the most. Yeah, I know. I can't tell which song I want to cry to first. Yeah, like, I, uh, I don't know. 
You They're all so good. Shout out Harry. Shout out Harry. Harry, if you're listening, <laughs> we loved it. Harry, I also loved uh, your uh, sidewalk, or like, was it the car? Oh, like, it's like the crosswalk. The crosswalk musical, yeah. Yeah, we so love good. to see it. Harry, thanks. Thank you, Harry Styles. Wow. This may or may not be the last piece of Harry Styles news we have for a while. It but most maybe likely not. will not be. But yeah, at, mean, at least the last piece of Harry Styles news of the year. Yeah. Goodbye, 2019. So if you're not a Harry fan, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> what a week. So let's move on to this week's topic, the holidays days. So Christmas movies, it's a big thing in media. I mean, you can't avoid it. They've been around for years and... You know, the seasonal change, you just can smell the mistletoe, <laughs> you can feel grandma outside getting run over by a race. <laughs> You're just seeing mommy kissing Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. It's a lot. It's sensory overload. And I think movies really, they really encapsulate all those emotions. Uh, so, yeah, they encapsulate a lot of emotions, I'd say. So let's run through um, some of the generics of the uh, Christmas genre. We got the Grinch. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, uh, Christmas Carol, Home Alone, Elf, uh, Christmas Story, Polar Express, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, and Twice Upon a Christmas. Ooh! Um, if you, the funny thing about most of these movies are most of them have sequels. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's really telling of the industry. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> the Christmas films really crank out those sequels like I no just, one's busy. I feel like the ones that are like people's favorites are the original ones. So I feel like everyone really loves Elf, Home Alone, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I was quite confused actually the other day because I know Vanessa Hudgens was in the princess switch and then I saw like a Christmas prince on She's Netflix, in another one. And I thought they were like related but they're not. They're different I, movies. Vanessa, what are you doing? Girl, she signed a contract. Uh, we'll get to, like, lifetime cringy romance Christmas movies later, but... Oh, yeah. Sis. So, we can't talk about Christmas movies without talking about those scary <sighs> claymation Don't ones. get me started. So, when I tell people that I don't like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, they're like, What are you talking about? Rudolph was my childhood. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, have you seen the way Rudolph moves? Yeah. Oh, my God. And don't even... <sighs> the one where it's like the the heat miser and the frog oh. <gasps> ah, that ruins my life that gave me so much anxiety as a kid so as megan stated some of these <laughs> some of the movies that fall into this category in case you're confused are rudolph nestor the long-eared donkey which is actually a truly horrifying film uh at one point in the film his mother dies on top of him and he <laughs> sleeps what? under her corpse for warmth <laughs> that happened in the film. Oh my god. Uh, Jack Frost, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. They really beat the Rudolph franchise down. Yeah. Little Drummer Boy, which is really scary. And A Year Without Santa Claus, which is... Is that the one where it's like, um... Oh. What's the one about Santa Claus and there's like the song about the door? Or, I don't know. And the, I don't know. I do not I don't know. Is it Chris Kringle? Oh, that's like the story of Santa Claus. I don't know yeah, and then there's about. like a, a catchy little tune in there, but yeah. the movie still freaks me out. Because there was like the little Ice King guy, and he was like oh. super creepy. Yeah, that's um, that's Heat Miser, Snow Miser, right? No, there was another guy, I thought. Oh. I don't know. See, it's all blur in my memory because it was so frightening. Yeah. 
that something um, something about those movies is like a fever dream like yeah. i'm like did i watch that i don't even like real? and there's so many of them too so many and they all so get similar yeah they all get smushed into my brain and i'm like what is yeah. this like i've remembered like nights where i've woken up at 3 a.m in a cold sweat hearing like i'm missing <laughs> literally it's like i had like a nightmare of like the the misers like <laughs> like c- coming to my bed with their like <laughs> their weird crinkly hands and they're like and i can't say that the music isn't catchy because it's so catchy but i can't like it brings back so many memories you wrote here, <laughs> they feel like a vague fever dream that I watched when I was deathly ill and on the brink of death, which is so accurate. It's like when you're sick on Christmas and like yep. you lay on your couch with all your blankets and like a soup and you're sitting there and they're all like, <laughs> you feel miserable and you're watching a movie. And like, you're like a little scared, but you don't want to change the channel because yeah. when you're a kid, it's just too much. I think part of the reason why movies like this are so successful too is because they're easy to crank out. So like when you're a kid and you're like, I want it to be Christmas and like you have nothing else to do. You're like, I guess I'll watch uh little drummer boy for the fifth time this week. I don't know. <laughs> for the fifth time this week. That's accurate. So moving past those Frightening, frightening stop motion. Sorry if you love those. Yeah, sorry if we just destroyed your whole childhood. Um, We're moving on to some adult Christmas movies. So There's not a lot. There's not many, which is kind of surprising. But I guess... Well, there are adult adult Christmas movies that are good. Yeah. They're, like, not super cringy. Um... I feel like adults are just so busy, like, there's not as much of a market. Yeah, and I think... A lot of them are a lot more subtle, um, like, they're, they're quote-unquote holiday movies, but it's really just, like, an adult movie placed in a holiday background. Exactly. Um. So, like, Love Actually, yeah. The Holiday, for Christmases. Yeah, things that are, you know, it's, it's Christmas, but that's not, like, the yeah. goal there. And we'll roll into that topic, actually, of what makes a movie a Christmas movie, because it's really hard to, like decipher whether or not <laughs> die hard decipher whether or not it's a christmas movie um but the next topic is lifetime christmas movies the scum of the scum of christmas movies it's like the scum of lifetime movies yeah. is the christmas ones like who what actor is like you know they're they're young scrappy and hungry they're looking for mm-hmm. some jobs and they're like they get offered a, a lifetime Christmas movie. It's called like Christian Mingle. Yeah, it's got like oh, it's called yes. Under the Mistletoe, yeah. and it's you and some generic white guy, <laughs> and you fall in love on Christmas. And you're a baker, and he's an architect. And oh my God, yeah. he has one child. He's really rich, and he went through a divorce, and yeah. he's a little broken, and you're looking for love, and then you're like. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds so unique. I'd love to do it. You're Sign like, this up. is some really quality content that I'd really like to be a part of. I bet this is going to be a smash hit. And then surprisingly, <laughs> it is. Yeah. But only with, like, the, the middle-aged white ladies named Barbara. Yeah. They probably pull in a lot of money with, like, reruns and stuff, to be honest. Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, not to call they her out, They make, must make money on that. Vanessa Hudgens, girl. Sis, why? why? She was, like, she was on a good track. She did, no, I don't know, her movie career has always been kind of sketch. Well, her movie career hasn't been great. Because, like, think about, she like, was Spring like... Breakers. Oh, yeah. It's a good movie. But, but she, like... was, she was on Broadway at one point. Yeah. She should have pursued dancing. Maybe she's just looking for easy money. Which, I mean, God bless you, Vanessa. Ugh. Ugh, I never liked Vanessa after So You Think You Can Dance. I feel like 
Netflix, in a way, is becoming the new Hallmark yeah. lifetime. Yeah, why are there so many of them on Netflix? It's, it's really like, bugging intoxicating. me. intoxicating. Like, when you log on, you're just like, You're oh. like, what is this? Yeah, everyone's like, hey, can we get Polar Express on Netflix? And they're like, no, but do you want a Christmas prince? But you know what, for, for Netflix, well, I can't speak... Uh, factually on this because I don't look through the the Christmas movies that they have on Netflix but it seems like they have a little more diversity than Lifetime does yeah you know sure. I've seen some non-white protagonists which is exciting but overall it's just uh not great it's not great I'm, they shouldn't I'm be still... wasting their money making that crap I'm unimpressed I mean you know so now that we're talking on the topic of what makes a bad Christmas movie uh, which is its affiliation with Lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the no, no comment. No yeah. need to explain. I think no that's pretty self-explanatory. I think that speaks for itself. So, in more thorough detail, what makes a good Christmas movie? You know, I feel like th- this is like a, a weird concept. I think I, I just don't like Christmas movies in general that much. Mm. But I like a Christmas movie that is like a little more subtle with the Christmas theme. Like the, the adult Christmas movies that it's like, you know, it's there, and it's present, but it's not the whole thing. Yeah. Bridget Jones' Diary did this well. The whole movie wasn't set in the holidays, but, like, the big parts of it were. Yeah. And I thought that was really nice. I agree. Uh, Love Actually isn't, like, super subtle with the holiday themes, but, like, it doesn't... I don't know. I feel <laughs> There's like a just... countdown till Christmas, but go off, I guess. No, I... Well, because it's, it's... Yeah. That's what I mean. It's not subtle. Yeah. But it's... But I know what you're saying. It's, like, not the, like... Theme. Yeah. It's not, like... I don't know how to explain yeah, it, but you know what I mean. I mean, I have always thought I I'm I think I hate Christmas music mu- music. I think I hate Christmas movies, but then I watch them and I'm like, oh, I kind of like these because it brings back all those good sentimental feelings. Like, because a big success of Christmas movies is the fact that they're unrivaled in nostalgia. Most Christmas movies are movies you've been watching your whole life, and I think that's yeah. why. It's probably so hard to, like, get into the new ones because you don't have that, like, attack. Yeah, and that's how I feel about Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. really love, like, an Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber Christmas album. But I've, like, always just stuck by, like, Jingle Bells. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know... I mean, the closest I just can't we'll bring myself is, like, Michael Bublé. <laughs> yeah, like, I just can't bring myself to, to really listen to new Christmas music because, like, Christmas music isn't great. It's yeah. just, but it's nostalgic. I feel like Christmas music, it's, it was good. The older stuff is good, but it's just been replicated so many times now. It feels yeah. very commercial. I mean, some of them do slap. Yeah. Don't get me them. wrong. Jingle uh, Bell Rock. Mm. Sla- oh, that does slap. And I think, you know, an element of the Christmas movie vibe is um, not only nostalgia, but chaotic nostalgia. Because yeah. that's very much Christmas is like, Oh, I've got to chaos. I've got to wrap all these presents. Yeah, now. I'm like I got to get my son this like Marvel superhero and they're all sold out like Yeah. And you know, that's in most movies which is gives me a lot of anxiety watching. <laughs> I feel like a lot of Christmas movies are very high stakes. Yeah. Like some of the the stop motion ones are kind of scary and yeah. then like there's always a some big problem that's happening. <laughs> Even in the Lifetime ones, I I watched yeah. one with my mom and it was like this woman started uh, sending secret Santas to this guy that she liked. He was a radio host, and then but then she was a journalist, and she got put on the case of who his secret Santa was. So she had to juggle being his secret Santa, keeping it from him, and then writing the story about herself. That sounds pretty. Good. And then they were falling in love, and um, yeah, that's pretty high stakes. That, that gave is. me anxiety. I was like, yeah. whoa, what's she gonna do? 
you know, I think that might be a part of why we're such an anxious generation is because we grew up around all this content during the holidays where it's like, oh my god, I'm Secret Santa, but also the journalist, but also his love interest. And it's yeah. Like, it's a what lot. do I do? It's a lot to take in. And, you know. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. That's, that's Thanks, the Christmas point. movies. Um, so now that we've talked about what makes a good Christmas movie, we have to talk about the big Q. What makes a movie a Christmas movie? Is there some sort of qualification you need? You need, like, a lot of Christmas. Yeah, I, I agree. A lot. It can't just be, like, oh, my God, it's the season. Like, it has to be, like... Yeah, like, Bridget Jones' Diary is not a Christmas, a Christmas movie. Christmas movie. I think um, just because a movie, like, has Christmas in it doesn't necessarily mean, like, that it's a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah, if it was like that, then, like, a lot of movies would, would be, be Christmas, Christmas movies. movies. Yeah. I think Deadpool was had christmas in it it did yeah deadpool is not a christmas movie in little women has a lot of christmas in it not considered yeah. a christmas see movie. and then there's a difference between a christmas movie and a holiday movie yeah because yeah. holiday movies are more like feel good getting the vibes a little bit but christmas movies are like it's 25 days till christmas yeah. and we're yeah, getting we're, ready we're abc family and we want your content on 25 days of christmas yeah that's what it means and I think a Christmas movie overall, it's just, like, it's very clear, very blatant. Like, you can't just... If, you, if you're watching a movie and you're asking, is this a Christmas movie? It's then it's probably, probably not. not. It's probably not. Christmas movies are those classics. Yeah. You know? And, you know, moving to the next topic, I... As I was researching for this topic, I found a weird parallel between Christmas movies and horror movies. <laughs> Stay with me. So, they're both kind of similar within their own genres, like... All the films are usually poorly critically rated, and there are a few that stand out. Like in holiday, it would be like Elf and like Polar Express, and like in Halloween or in horror, it would be like Psycho and like The Shining. But for the most part, like the ones they're pumping out, you're like, okay, are terrible. Yeah. They're the slashers of Christmas movies. Exactly, <laughs> that's so true. Lifetime Christmas movies are like slashers. They're the B movies. They just keep making them, even though they're terrible and yeah. no one likes them. They're like, let's change the race of the protagonist. I it's don't like know. they have the people, but they they have like that weird niche audience of people that are like, yes, like people that love slashers <laughs> are like the people that love gore Christmas, and like yeah. stuff like that. And then the people that like Lifetime movies are like 40-year-old ladies named Barbara. Yeah, they're baking sugar cookies. Yeah, they're making the Christmas cookies and they're like, Megan, come in here, watch <laughs> this movie with me. And I'm like, Mom, no! I don't want to, it's not Like, Mom, playing. change it! <laughs> and I think, you know, the only major difference is pretty much the audiences. Like, we're just talking Yeah, about, like, but they parallel. It's the same cult, like, like you know. Yeah, our that's Lifetime hilarious. family movies, cult class. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If they're so bad that they get enough popularity, I think they could definitely be a cult classic. You know, you'll love to see The it. Princess Switch? Come and on. Not only are they like horror movies in that sense, but also, you hate to see it, but Christmas movies are being commercialized heavy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, also while I was researching this, I discovered something I, I was just so baffled by. It's called Christmas Con. And it's during the end of November, uh, the Hallmark Channel sponsors an event where for three days they celebrate the best Christmas movies and they bring the stars and writers to panels and meet and greets. <gasps> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? I, I know. The Hallmark Channel is crazy. The, I know. What? Like, are, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Comic-Con, but 
for Christmas. That is the most American thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I know. Like, as if Christmas Hello, capitalism. <laughs> as if it's already not stressful enough where it's, like, consumer culture, I need to buy all this stuff for my kid, but then Let it's, Let me like, buy tickets to Christmas, Christmas Con, the most consumerist holiday in all of America, and let's just spend all the money we can. I bet Santa's there. It's, like, for Christmas, you get tickets to Christmas Con. It's literally my worst nightmare because, like, it's the entire audience of those movies we were just talking about all conglomerated in one place. <laughs> all uh, the Lindas, all the Cathy's, they're all there. Oh my god, no! It's <laughs> like my worst nightmare. They're all being very passive-aggressive about what they got their children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you got her in the American Girl doll? Okay. That's fine. Well, I got I got little Tamita AirPods. So. Yeah, so, not to flex. And a case. No big deal. <laughs> and, you know, just because we're, like, roasting these movies doesn't mean we don't have our own favorites. I mean... Yeah, I mean... They're, yeah, we have no place to judge... Some people like to just watch movies because they like them. Yeah. You know, we we all watch line. movies for different reasons. Like, some of my favorite Christmas movies, all of the other reindeer, so poorly made. To the <laughs> point where I, I was re-watching it the other day, and I was like, wow, this is... I could have made this. <laughs> but it's just, it just holds such a close place in my heart, and Mickey's Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Christmas. <laughs> Fake fan. <laughs> so it's so good. Love Actually. I'm reviewing that today. It's a fave of mine. Yeah, Love Actually is definitely my favorite Christmas movie. I don't know. I like. I just feel like I don't watch Christmas movies ever anymore. Really? What are your I favorite like, childhood ones? What do you mean? Like when you're feeling like, oh, I want Christmas. Come. I don't what know. Do you put on I always TV? liked Elf. I just mm. like, I don't know what happened to me. Christmas yeah. broke me. You're a Scrooge. I think my issue was, like, I would get so excited for Christmas, and then it would be over so quick, and then, like, that built some resentment in me, so yeah. now it's, like, I, I never want to get too uh, attached to the Christmas spirit, because I know it's just gonna end. I see that. Honestly. And also, learning that Santa wasn't real kind of sucked. Whoa, whoa, Sorry, whoa. spoiler alert. <laughs> if any young kids are listening out there. Santa's real. <laughs> Quit playing. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's pretty much it on Christmas movies. Yeah. Let's close that book. <laughs> yeah. To wrap it up, let's go to Shannon with her review of Love Actually, the movie we both love a lot. I can't believe you just exposed Santa like that. That is so rude. Anyway. Sorry, Santa. Anyway. Santa, if you're listening. Santa's, you're on the naughty list now. Get ready to see some coal. Oh, no. So, Love Actually, release date November 6, 2003. It's a lot older than I remember it being. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really old. Director and screenplay writer, a man of many hats, is Richard Curtis. Rotten Tomatoes score is surprisingly low. It's only 64%. That's rude. That's very rude. Cast star studded. We got Hugh Grant, Kiera Knightley, uh, Colin Firth, My Emma man. Thompson, Liam Neeson, Thomas Brody Sangster as an 11-year-old. What don't but you like? But he looked like he was five. He looked like he was, like, six. He was playing an 11-year-old. He was 13 at the time, I believe, and he looked like he was five. He looked like he had just passed toddlerdom. Yeah. So, all right. Before I roll into some categories, first I'd like to say a word to the critics of Love Actually. There are pretty much two camps regarding this film of people who love it and people who hate it. And while I agree that the movie isn't critically the best, it's really better than most feel-good Christmas movies, which is what troubles me about this movie, because it's not bad, but it's not great aesthetically. 
but regardless, it's close to my heart, so my reviews will be a little biased. Yeah, it's, it's just very much like a, a early 2000s movie. Yeah. Like, it doesn't know what its aesthetic is, because that's how the early 2000s was. Most movies in the early 2000s weren't that great. Hate to, you know, spoil your... Sorry, early 2000s. They did. They couldn't find their footing yet. It was a new... New platform. Yeah. Confusing stuff. It was a new year. They didn't know what to do. The 1900s Indeed. were gone. Everything was changed. It was Y2K. It was, everyone was yeah, die. everyone thought they were going to die, so they were really confused when they had to keep making movies. Yeah. So, let's break down some categories. Um, I've noticed as a trend from even when I reviewed Instant Family that in movies where the filmmaking isn't that strong, the cast is always pretty strong. So, um, I think the cast is, the good cast can really pull a movie together, and luckily, for Love Actually's sake, the movie has a phenomenal cast. Ugh, yes. And in the case of this movie, it's not just big names for the sake of big names, there's some phenomenal acting that come with the names. Emma Thompson, big standout for me, she really, like, portrays agony and, like, betrayal very well, and I most definitely was shook by her performance, I must say. I don't remember it being that good, but it was good. And Thomas Ray Sangster and Liam Neeson have great chemistry together. Oh, they're so, so good. I definitely cried watching a few of their scenes. How could you not? It's How so could sad. You not? And Colin Firth, you know, he low-key plays different evolutions of the same character. He really <laughs> does. But he's so good at it. He's Who would so ever put Colin Firth into a fully manly role? You can't. You, you could really never. Can't. You know, when you when he's in Mamma Mia, Bridget Jones' Diary, Love Actually. The the new movie with him and Stanley Tucci as a gay couple. Uh, Come on. I mean, Colin Firth, Colin, Colin, he's our man. <laughs> the whole cast is really just so iconic. You love to see it. Moving on to the comedy category. The comedy in this movie, it's not for everyone, but it's some dry British humor gold, I would say. Some of the jokes were, like, really funny, and they had me, like, laughing out loud to the point where I was embarrassing myself in front of my roommates, but it'd be like that. Um, I think the subtle humor was the best because, um, I think every character really provides an opportunity for someone to find it funny, because there's such a wide variety of different character types that it can be relatable to everyone if you really try to, like, connect with one of the characters. Uh, some of the comedy fell a little flat, like, I don't love the part with the singer- who's, like, yeah, rock star. It's kind of irrelevant. It is kind of irrelevant, but I'll get into that later. Uh, (laughs) The scene, there's a scene in the movie where Colin Firth walks into his family's house, and they're like, oh, it's Uncle, it's Uncle Jamie, yay! And then he walks in, and he goes, ah, nah. And then he just, like, walks out, and I was like, oh, that is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Like, I... Every time I watch it, I find different things funny, but, like, that, that got me, man. It's, uh, it's as you age. Things just It's as you age. Different. Things hit different. Uh, moving on to quotes. Love actually is ridiculously quotable, to the point where I literally wanted to copy down so many lines, but I've cut it down to some of my favorite pieces of dialogue, so let's roll in. Um, there's a quote said by Liam Neeson that goes, We need Kate, and we need Leo, and we need them now. That's how I feel. <laughs> That's how I feel all the time. <laughs> Um, and then there was a nice quote from Hugh Grant where he said, did you have this kind of problem? He looks at a picture of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, of course you did, you saucy minx. <laughs> Which, you know, you love to hear it from you Hugh Grant. You saucy minx. And then there was a scene between Liam Neeson and Thomas Brody Sangster, and Liam says, I thought it would be something worse. And Thomas says, worse than the total agony of being in love. 
Amen, 12-year-old Thomas Amen. Brody Sangster. Never True. relate to an 11-year-old more. That's how I felt after listening to Fine Line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then there's a quote that just says, Colin, you're a lonely, ugly guy, and you must accept it. <laughs> yeah, that's relatable to my life specifically. <laughs> but that one goes out to all the Collins out there. Yeah, that's for you, Colin. And finally, I can't talk about the quotes without the, if you look for it, I've got a sneaking feeling that you might find that love actually is all around wow and that's the end of our quote section so as we know love actually is a film that follows multiple plot lines and they're all interconnected in a way but the love stories are pretty different they all stand on their own and all all love is equal but that being said let's do a speed ranking of the relationships so number nine coming in at last place is the relationship between the friendship i should say between billy mac and joe who's the singer and his manager not gonna lie i thought this plot was really unnecessary and mostly like filler and comedic relief i wasn't a huge fan and it didn't need more comedic relief the movie's funny, funny already yeah we didn't need that so coming in next is juliet peter and mark because this plot is low-key sleazy I know this is where the most iconic scene of the film comes in, where he's holding the cards. With the like, signs, right? To me, you are perfect. But, like, it's literally just a guy who falls in love with his best yeah, friend's wife. Yeah, that whole thing makes me just kind of uncomfortable, because, like, I really want to, like... For any romance, I really want to like it, like, yeah. really bad, but sometimes I just can't do it. It's high-key creepy. He was, like, stalking her, and, like... Yeah, and just, like, makes you uncomfortable, because, like, he's putting her in such an awkward situation. Situation. Yeah. And they never give closure, because at the end, they're all together at the airport, like, they're holding hands and chilling. It's like, <laughs> well, no. He kissed his best friend's wife. That's not how that works. So, up next, uh, taking place at number seven, John and Judy... Uh, this raunchy plot line is actually cut out of some of the TV aired uh, versions of the movie. It's actually super raunchy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize how bad it was until the first time I, like, really watched the movie, and I was probably, like, 12, and, and I was watching like, it with my oh. mom, and I was like, ah! It's hard to sit through, and honestly, I think we can live without it. Like, it's yeah. at most a good comedic interlude, but as we said before, it's not the it's best. Not, you don't need a lot of comedy in this movie, because we already have it. So, sorry, John and Judy, you're out. Six, um, Jamie and Aurelia. Uh, this plot's kind of whack. Like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's kind of in the same camp as, like, Juliet, Peter, and Mark. Because we've got, um, Mr. Colin Firth proposing to this woman he's only known for a few weeks, and they don't even speak the same language. I don't know why I love this plot line so much. It's actually one of my favorite <laughs> plot lines of the whole movie, and one that, like, has stuck out to me whenever I think about the movie. Really? I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's Colin Firth. Because, like, yeah. logistically, I know that it makes no sense, and, like, you can't really get connected to the woman character as much because she doesn't speak, speak English, English, so it's, like, hard to connect, and she's also an unknown actress. Mm. But, like... I don't know. I just thought Colin Firth, like, his... There's something so, like, so magnetizing about him. Yeah. He's just so clumsy and awkward, but he's, Bumbling. like, trying his best, you yes. know? And that's all you can ask from a guy. He's the lovable fool. Exactly, and I think that's why I love it. It's similar to the Mark Darcy effect of, um, Bridget Jones' diary. Yeah. So, uh, moving forward, we've got the Colin, Tony, and the American Girls plotline. I know some people hate Megan Chang. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't love that plotline. I think it's See, stupid. I 
used to not like it, but like the this time I watched it, I thought it was really funny. Just how unrealistic it was and like how outlandish. I was like, I, yeah, I really oh, yeah. don't like it. I'm pretty sure um an actress from Mad Men is one of the girls. Oh really? Yeah, I think I think Betty Draper is one of the American. Girls. I think she is. I think you might be right. Yeah, <laughs> that's so iconic. Oh, I love. Her. But I'm here for that because the bromance alone. So it's taking fifth place. I'm sorry, it's my list and not yours. <laughs> Moving on to number four. <laughs> got david and natalie all right oh i love this one this too. plot line is kind of sus and it would definitely be a me too moment <laughs> okay but like it's such a like fan fiction moment it is. like you're you're working for the prime minister and he's actually like really sexy yeah and he like takes an interest in you and you're like oh my god but the thing that makes it not fanficy is how awkward it is which yeah. is what i love about this movie is they don't like over romanticism. Yeah, they don't mind it getting awkward. They actually, like, lean into the awkwardness of it. And it's like... <laughs> so it's like, I want to hate it, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there are also a lot of weird jokes about the girl being, like, chubby, but she's not. She's, she's like, not! super slim. And I was like, okay. I, like, feel like the casting was weird for that yeah. role. This is very cool. much uh, showing the age of love, actually. Yeah, and... You know, as I said before, you wouldn't really get away with a plot like that nowadays. But I think, you know, you can't can't ignore Hugh Grant dancing around some cheesy music. I know. I feel like I, I read something that was like... He hated he, it. He yep. hated it so much. He was like so embarrassed to do it. He really didn't want to do it Suck it, it up, Hugh. Yeah, <laughs> I suck it, it up, Hugh. You know, and Natalie was also a really funny character because she was known to curse, which was a little cute, quirky trait. So number three, we got Harry, Karen, and Mia. So th- this is probably what I would say the hardest plot to watch, but it's acted so well with uh, Emma Thompson... Okay, so that's the Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman one. And, yeah, and he's having yeah, an affair. Yeah, that one's so sad. And there's this scene where Emma Thompson, like, realizes that he's cheating on her, and she, like, goes up to her room, and she's just, like, crying, but she has to compose herself, yeah. and it's, like, such a, like, powerful scene. It's so sad. Yeah. During the holidays. It's just so good. And then there's a, like, running joke about a lobster, because that's what their kid got cast as in the school play. Bellissimo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two. This is a big controversial one here. I don't know if a lot of people are going to agree with me on this, but it's my list. (laughs) I really like the plot with Sarah, Carl, and Michael. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Sarah uh, has had a crush on her coworker, Michael, for a really long time. Oh, yeah. I'm confused. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Let me explain myself. And she's like, oh my god, like, I really like him. But then they're about to, like, hook up, and then she has to go help her, like, special needs brother, because he's having, like, um, like, a, a act out or something. But I, I really like this plot, because, like, I think it's it has some of the most realistic characters. I feel like, I don't know, maybe this one just isn't the most memorable to me. Mm. I think it's because, like, yeah, I feel like the, the star-studded cast makes certain stories stick out to me more. Yeah. And then other ones, not. Yeah, this one had no no stars, really, the, the actress yeah. and the actor. But... I don't know, and I don't, it fills me with uh, a feeling of cringe, thinking about that plot line. I don't know why. See, but that's why I like it. You have to you have to give it a rewatch. I know. I think I I probably should. I've yeah. never watched it critically. Yeah, I thought it was pretty pretty good, pretty well, pretty well. Okay, so my number one 
is uh, how could I not make this my number one, to be honest? I agree with this one. (laughs) Daniel, Sam, Joanna, and Carol. Do I even have to say anything other than young Thomas Brody Sangster running through the airport to get his girl? All I want for Christmas is you. you. And she goes, and she sings the last line, all I want for Christmas is you, and you, and you, and you, and his face. Oh my god. That's the best part of the whole movie. So good. And oh my god, you know the thing they do where they hold up the one index finger? Because like they had the conversation and the dad was like, Oh, I don't know yeah. if there's just one person for all of us. He's like, no, she's the one. Yeah. And, like, he runs and kisses her at the airport, and then he comes to his dad, and he, like, holds up a finger. It's so freaking cute, It's also man. his stepdad, which I didn't know until oh. my second watch, or third watch. I don't know what this is. I love that. Um, so, you know, jumping into his dad's arms, it's just so good. It's just so good. It's so It's touching. so heartwarming. They have it's the best so plot line. They really do. And, you know, overall... All considered, all plots considered, I would give this movie, I was between three and a half and four, but I'll go three and a half because it is the early 2000s and those are never (laughs) that great. It's not the best. But three and a half stars, Love Actually, you gave me a good time. Yeah, we love Love Actually. I I should probably rewatch it. I just love love, man. Like, what is there to say about it? (laughs) Who doesn't love some Christmas love? Who doesn't want to get kissed under the mistletoe? Actually... Megan, I'm curious as to what your... I know you said your top was the same as mine, but what's your bottom of the list? Oh, I'd agree. The, 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 the music guy. Oh, yeah. a lot of people love that plot, though. Really? Yeah. I see. I would change a couple of the things in the middle, but otherwise, yeah. I'm I satisfied. I mean... All right. Uh, that's all, folks. We hope you enjoyed season one of Flick Chicks, and we can't wait to see you again next year, starting on January 31st, 2020. In the meantime, check us out on Spotify and follow, follow our Instagram at ECFlickChicks. Finally, we're the Flick Chicks, and we hope you have a great break. Take it away, Frankie! <laughs> she tried her best. <laughs> <laughs>